love that's immovable. Nothing can separate us from it, and we're thankful for it. And we love you, Lord. We thank you for giving us such great love for you and for one another, for all humanity and for all of your creation. So we thank you, Lord. We bless you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So uh, today we're going to talk more about listening, how to pay attention to the word, to listen up and be healed. Amen. Listen up. Perk up your ears. Amen. Incline your ear. Um, <laughs> I keep, every time I go on YouTube, find something to listen to i the first tape sometimes i always see is brother hagan's on incline thine ear you know and i'm thinking to myself i said maybe i'll just skip the tape today and just read my bible but uh, which i do too but you know what i'm saying it's it's like um what god is saying is keep the filter on for my word keep that filter of your hearing on so that you only pay attention to what his word says. <clears throat> so many things distract us from God's word. But it's very, very important that we listen uh, discriminately. If you think about it, when when mankind fell, it was because of listening to something other than God's word. Amen. Uh, when Eve listened to the serpent, uh, paid attention to him instead of just filtering and and discerning and listening for the voice of God she began to listen to another another voice and the words uh words are very very influential uh they're very seductive and they're very um uh, i guess you could say tempting it's very tempting to listen to something else um other than God's word uh, God's word does, um, in order for it to be beneficial to us, it has to be mixed with our faith and it has to, uh, bear witness, you know, in our spirits. And I think sometimes we just are, are a little, maybe not quite as, um, dis- discerning or discriminating as we need to be with what we hear. And you might hear something that sounds good. But it may not be coming from the Spirit of God. And it may not be registering with your spirit. It might just be uh, entangled in the soul, your soul and emotions. And sometimes, you know, the Bible talks about we get ensnared by words. And so many times words get entangled into uh, an emotional realm or, or soulish realm. Uh, and, and we like that. We like the way it sounds. We like what it presents to us. And so sometimes we can get emotionally caught up in things that we hear or, um, emotionally, uh, encouraged in the things that we hear. And, and that's so common that that's just very, very typical. You know, you'll see people get really carried away in some things that they pick up that are helpful to them, you know. Um, um, one of the things that that we see happening, especially around the first of the year, around New Year's, is people start making resolutions to do things they feel that are going to help them. And there's nothing wrong with 
desiring improvement or wanting improvement. But what we have to weigh it against is, is this something that God puts on your heart that's important? Or have you been influenced by what you've heard from other sources? And so, um, you know, you'll see things like uh, people who um, were who are ministers or been real strong in the ministry. All of a sudden, they're like on this health food kick. You know, I mean, this is very, very common. It's more common than we we know. And I'm thinking to myself, God's already said. He's planning a revival. Why are these people spending all this time in their their influential capital on something other than preparing for that? And so, and then you look at it and you say, well, you know, this delays the move of God even further. See what I'm saying? It does. Because if you're not focused on what God's focused on, huh? He told you to focus on no vitamins. And see, many times we think, well, it's just not that important to me. Well, sure it is. Cause you, you quit preaching to your, you know, you, you use your influence for something other than God's word, something other than the gospel. Whatever you're using, your time, your influence, your spiritual, I call it spiritual capital because these things are carried by spirits. Amen. So if you're spending your spiritual capital on something other than what you know to be what's on God's heart for this time, you know, we always say for such a time as this, but we don't act like it. Because we're spending our time on other stuff. You know, things that perish. Things that don't hold the promise that we thought it would hold. Amen. So many times we find ourselves getting distracted by other voices that promise things that we think are important, but they're never as important as preaching the gospel. That's really what we're here for, is to to fulfill the Great Commission. And until that's totally fulfilled, until you can give your heart 100% to that, uh, you still have some work to do, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I think sometimes, you know, we're trying to get the body of Christ on one accord, but we don't know what accord that is, you know. And then we see that uh, people are going about their business as usual, you know, as though nothing big is, is happening as far as God's concerned. And so we go back to like Peter, go back fishing, you know. Uh, Jesus is gone and, and my hope is gone. So we just go back fishing again. Everybody's got something they like to fish for other than going forth in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this thing about inclining your ear and listening for God's word is extremely important. You know, we see it in the realm of faith and healing. You can see it real clearly there. And I think that's why a lot of our, our examples come from the realm of Jesus' healing ministry because we see the grave importance of paying attention to his word in that capacity. You see people who were begging and broke because they were blind. Now all of a sudden they can see and their life is totally flipped around because of inclining their ear. And so it's real important. 
what we listen to, how intently we listen to it, how much attention we give to it, and how much follow-through we give to it. Now, many times we'll listen to the word and we, we think to ourselves, well, I should do so-and-so. And, oh, no, you know, there's a doubt comes in and doubt can crush that spirit of expectation and that that unction and that energy that goes on the word of God. And and so we we do have to be careful how we hear. We have to be careful what we incline our ear to. We have to be careful to to meditate on the word and hide it in our hearts. You know, no matter who's speaking the word and, and no matter how it comes across to us. You know, sometimes, you know, I'll I'll pick tapes sometimes that I know feed my spirit. And because I know it feeds them, I have to listen to it more often. Because there's a part of you that when you hear the familiar, you shut your ears down. <laughs> so you think to yourself, well, now that I made this important to me, I either got to focus real hard or make up my mind. I'm going to play it at least 15 dozen times so I can get everything. And, and so uh, it's just that way with our hearing, you know, so we, we, I thank God for the Proverbs and I thank him for the words of wisdom that teach us how to get good results in life and how to put the things of God first and give them the preeminence like we're supposed to because without that guidance and without that um, uh, those principles I guess you could say uh, we wouldn't be as prosperous in the word as we need to be uh, from beginning to end when God was dealing with Israel it was about my words it was about listening to my words. Follow through on my words. Let me see that you believe me by watching to see if you obey my word. It's one thing to hear the word, but it's another to obey it. Amen. Now, you know, in a, in, say in an assembly of, I would say church goers, some were believers, some were pretenders, some are unbelievers. You get all kinds of mixed multitude around church people. And many times we're encouraged by what we appear to believe. Come on now. Not by what we really believe. Because what you really believe will bear fruit at some point. But we're always judged on what we say we believe. Whether we get excited when a scripture is spoken or whether we can quote certain scriptures. So we're encouraged on the wrong level. See, the area to be encouraged on is the fruit level. And if your words and your believing don't really bear fruit, then you got more work to do. Amen. And only you can judge the fruit. Your fruit is not judged by your peers. You got me? I can't judge your fruit to know if you really believe the word. So that's something between you and God. You can go to God and say, God, you know, I've been speaking this scripture for the longest time and it still hasn't worked for me. What's up? 
you know, that's all you need to do. And God will help you. He'll help your unbelief. He'll put you on the right track of faith or he'll tell you, well, you know, just keep believing it until I give you something else to do with it. Amen. And, and so your fruit is between you and God. Amen. It's not the worst thing in the world. The Bible, that's why the Bible tells us to examine ourselves. Not let other people examine you, but examine yourselves. Amen. Now, there there may be some times, like if if the pastor is, is alerted to something that you need to do or, or want to check in, well, you know, how's it going with so-and-so that you're praying for? How's it going with this and how's it going with that? You know, and and oftentimes, if you're free in, in sharing, that's a... Um, uh, a sign of of expectation, anticipation, and, and so forth and so on. When when pastors get concerned for you is when you clam up and don't want to talk about it, or you get angry when it's mentioned. Huh? That means it probably is over in the dead letter file in your life, and it shouldn't be. See, if you ever believed for it, you should still believe for it. Just so the devil don't get a hold of it. You understand what I'm saying? It's still yours. It still belongs to you. Amen? And and it's not like anybody's meddling or wants to call time on your prayer or your promise. But our job partially is to help you pull stuff out of the dead letter office and breathe life on it again. So that you can possess it. See, that's the power of oversight and the power of agreement. Nobody's picking at you because you don't have something yet. I can't deliver it to you anyway. (laughs) But I can stand in agreement with you for it and encourage you to still believe God for it. See, this is, this is how we breathe, breathe life into things and bring life back to each other by you know what? How's it? How's it going with so and so and such and such? How's it? Is is is? is you see any progress with that? What do you think? Where where, you, where do you think you're at with that now? You see what I'm saying? There's no harm in in somebody who has invested in your life. It'd be something different if I was just a stranger coming up meddling in your business. But you know, your pastor should be invested in your prayers. Amen. And, and invested in your well-being. And so, so many times we try to encourage people, but if you've buried it and you're trying not to let it be resurrected, I don't know why I'm going here, but somebody obviously needs to hear it. You know, we're always wanting God to do a new thing. How about raising up the dead things that we buried because we mad at somebody or it didn't happen when you thought it was supposed to happen or too much time has gone by or I used to tell young people all the time I said listen you thinking about you think it's too late for you to get married or time is going by I said the day one you get married you're going to be looking just like me married 30, 30 years almost you understand what I'm saying I mean you get converted to a married person real quick Amen. You go from being anxious to being, oh boy, we're married. <laughs> Life begins. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so, you know, it's always different when you're on the faith side, the believing side. 
before that door opens to you. Once that door opens, your perspective is totally different. So, so the pastor's job should be to get you in the door. You understand what I'm saying? And, and allow that word to, to bring life to you, to be quickened and made alive. And, and, and yes, you can do it. Yes, it's for you. And God has it laid up for you still. Don't give up. You know, that kind of thing. And so, so when we, we understand how to let our words bear fruit, I mean, really bear fruit in our lives. You, you, the fruit first appears in your spirit. It, it appears as a joy in your spirit. If you're concerned about something, there's no joy there. Get back in the word. Amen. Quit running around here, there, and everywhere trying to make it happen. Amen. There's two powers you can use to bring your dreams to pass. You can use faith power or you can use willpower. And many times we think we're in faith, but we've actually picked up willpower. Because we're trying to make it happen. We're trying to see it. We're trying to try and try and try and try. And so once you get, and then, and then it, this is a tip off to where you're at. We'll say, well, I'm believing God, but it's taking so long. And when you say stuff like that, it ain't long for God. So you must be over in a different realm. You're not over in the spirit. You're you're tired because you're using your will and your mind and your fingers and your mouth and everything else you can use trying to make it happen. And God is standing there and say, I wish they would just listen to me. Why don't you come to me and ask me where it is? Amen. Or ask me what to do. You see? And so inclining your ear has to do not only with the Bible word of God, but also the preached word. Also, God speaks to us um, uh, first one way and then another. Amen. I, I was looking at Coco and, and she, she had been losing her coat, losing her hair. I mean, her little back was slick. And I was a little concerned for her being out in the sun, but she likes the sun anyway. You know, dogs ain't bothered by a lot of stuff. We could be nervous about everything and they just shrug and look at it and say, I don't know why you don't get in faith where I am. You know what I'm saying? And then the, well, I had to have her at the vets for one thing and they found out her thyroid was low. And so they gave her thyroid pills. And she got her hair back. And they gave me thyroid pills and mine came out across the front. And I looked at her, I said, God, that dog's coat looks like I've been what I've been praying for, to be honest with you. You understand what I'm saying? And I could just feel this little laugh behind me, you know what I'm saying? And and it's like God said, well, you quit trying so hard to make stuff happen. You know, you get in there, confess it 15 million times, and then you think, I didn't confess it enough. 15 million more. <laughs> and I didn't even pay attention to her, and there the hair came through on hers. And I'm saying, come on, God, don't tell me it's that easy. And it's like, just leave it alone. I heard you the first time you asked me. 
You said you received it when you prayed, but yet you keep trying to receive it when you pray over again. Oh, 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 <laughs> and he's like, why don't you thank me for it? Thank me that I gave you a living example. Don't get mad at your dog because she got her hair back <laughs> and say, where's mine? That's where yours is. Same place hers was. I gave that to her and I can give yours back to you. You got me? So anyway, you know, but inclining your ear really it entails more than just quoting the word, listening to the word. It's what do you internalize? What do you put your faith in? What do you put your confidence in? What are you expecting? What do you put your, that's a big one is getting to the place of expectation. Amen. Because expectation really means you have to, you cast off everything that's holding you back when you expect. Like Bartimaeus. Huh? When he, when he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now he, he stood and waited until Jesus called him. But while he was waiting, he was moving forward toward him. Let me find that. Can you find that for me real quick, Shannon? Which one is it? Okay. I'm going to show you some things about. Oh yeah, sorry about that. Okay, 10 and verse 46. And they came to Jericho. Now Jericho wasn't a cursed city. You'll see sometimes Jesus took people outside the city to pray for them. Hello. Got to get in the spirit before these things will happen. Okay. And it says, and, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried all the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they, and they called the blind man saying to him, be of good comfort rise he calleth thee and he casting away his garment rose and came to jesus jesus asked him what should i do for you he said i want to receive my sight and he said keep walking amen in other words you walked out of the curse that was inside the city of jericho just being born again that's us Come on now. And you continue to follow Jesus. Amen. 
Now most people would say, well, God, if you were going to do it for me, how come it's taking so long? You could keep following him. Because he was following him in what condition? Yeah, blind and what else? What was he clothed in? Ah! No faith. Begging. (laughs) Amen. Please, 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 you know, confused. We've all been there. But thank God you didn't stop there. Somehow somebody told you keep going. Something in you told you don't quit. Something in you told you you must press to get this. So he's walked out of the curse. He's walked out of the pressure from the crowd. You know how people tell you, oh, you can't pray for that. Huh? Anybody told you don't pray for faith and you stop praying for faith for a while, you start praying again and God showed you look in the word and you'll get faith. (laughs) See, God breaks all the man-made rules. He lets you know when it's time to switch up and do something different. So here the crowd control is, trying to keep it. Crowds always represent resistance to your miracle. You cannot go along with the crowd and get nothing. Now, it might be a crowd of people there, but you got to seclude yourself to the word of God in order to get what God has for you. Amen. Jesus fed the multitudes. And the disciples were a part of that crowd. And then he took them apart and fed them separately. Amen. You may not get it all in the big crowd. You might have to come apart with God to get what he has for you. So Bartimaeus has to press against the press against the press. He has wanted badly enough, number one, to follow Jesus out of where he lives. Amen. He had to come out of Jericho. Then all these people drowning his voice out, pushing him around. He's so used to taking it, but something in him decides he's going to press against the press. Said, no, I'm not giving up. I've come this far. I'm not turning back. How many times have we given up and quit and said it's not going to happen? Or maybe for another day or or whatever we say when we let circumstances influence us and influence our hearing and influence our voice. See, Bartimaeus had to turn his ears away from the natural sound that he was accustomed to paying attention to and obeying. Blind people can't afford to make enemies out of nobody. Think about it. You can't see anything. You're going to try to make as many friends as you can. Brother, help me get here. Help me. Can you show me? Stumbling around in the dark. That's us when we first begin to believe God for something. We're just stumbling, feeling around in the dark. That's why we get so influenced by the wrong things all the time. 
Because we're willing to take help from anyone and anybody. And a lot of times we know them people ain't spiritual. They, they've they never had a miracle in their lives. We listen to them anyway. Amen. Because we're so desperate. Instead of being discerning. Amen. So God show me what's for me. So not only is he a beggar, but he's got a certain level of shame. Begging brings shame. Poverty brings shame. So shame's probably his biggest enemy in this whole thing. Because if people can tell you to shut up and make you feel ashamed of your faith and stepping out of the boat and wanting something different from what everybody else gets. See, that's the price you're going to have to pay to get your miracle. You gotta come apart from everybody else and not let shame pull you back into that situation. So what do they use against him? Oh, be quiet. The master told you, he doesn't want you. Uh, you don't know cause you can't see him. Let me tell you what God. That's the experienced saints. The ones you always look up to thinking they know more than you do. Huh? Yeah, if the devil can make us feel ashamed of asking. But he's got your mouth buttoned up. He's got the ability of you to release your faith buttoned up through shame. It's the oldest tactic that he uses against us because it's the one that's most familiar to us. Huh? Parents use it to discipline their children all the time. You shouldn't, because with God you know better. You don't you don't play into the devils. Use instruction to help your children under you give them understanding, you know. I mean, even when they're too little to understand, you'd be amazed sometimes kids will look at you and start they don't even know how to talk and they and just look at you real serious and deep and everything. <laughs> They must know something, something in there to help me. You understand what I'm saying? But, but it's an old weapon that's used against us because it's so familiar to us. And the devil will say, well, suppose you don't get it. Suppose this, suppose that. All of that to keep us ashamed of asking, of expecting. So shame will dampen your expectation. It'll make you withdraw your expectation for something. Amen? Oh, I can't have that. Or, oh, it's too soon. Or, that's too big. Or, God can't do that. The minute you hear yourself self-saying stuff like, it's too this or it's too that, you'll know shame is trying to grab and dampen your expectation. It'll put the wet blanket on your expectation. Amen? When you, when you go to apply for a loan, you get a, a turn down. Then you get in pride. Huh? Your feelings are hurt. Your pride is hurt. Cause they said no to you. You know, what you need to say is, is, well, that's one out of the way, Lord. Let me get to the next one. Where's the next one? Huh? Why you get your feelings all involved in it? Your feelings, you can't take your feelings to the bank. You can't cash in nothing as far as feelings are concerned. Amen. 
So keep your feelings out of stuff. And let your spirit stay engaged. And let your spirit find out where to go. Let your, God just show it to me. Show me the next open door. Show me. Huh? Oh man, I'm going to start out early tomorrow morning. Because I can get three turn downs tomorrow. And still be in the race. Amen. And still be expecting. <laughs> at the same time. You're not expecting to be turned down. You're expecting to get it. But you know the devil's tactics. And you know they won't stop you. So, God, that won't stop me. I'm going to keep at it until I get my breakthrough. And that's what you do. And that's what Bartimaeus did. He was determined to cast out shame, fear, sameness, boredom, failure, expectation, anger. Self-pity, all of that. You throw that off. If you don't get something from God, you can't be feeling sorry for yourself. Amen. Why? You're going to get it. Amen. If you stay in faith and you keep trying, you're going to get it. So it was necessary for Bartimaeus to experience all of this to get his miracle. Hmm? Well, Jesus, if you had compassion, why don't you give it to him? Inside of Jericho, he couldn't do anything in there. You, you take, you take note of the records. He always brought them outside. Amen. Of an accursed city. There's no faith there. A lot of skepticism, a lot of religion, but no faith. That's why some people can't get healed in their church. Love the pastor, love the people, love everybody, but there's no anointing to heal there. That's why you got people on TV, on radio, everywhere with healing ministries to make it available to people to receive. Amen? And so, verse 48, many charged him to hold his peace. You're going to have many voices telling you not to, not to say, oh, you know, you can't get it now. This ain't healing season. This ain't the miracle season. You know, all kind of little crazy voices. So you've got to not listen to them. You have to cry louder than the voices that are telling you it's not yours. You got to put the word on and speak it yourself. You got to continually murmur the word to yourself. You got to grab onto that word with everything that's in you until it's, it's all you hear. Until that word is all you hear. It's going to be drowned out by these familiar voices. These voices are voices he's always obeyed. Because he's afraid of being left alone. You can't see you're scared of being by yourself. You try to keep yourself in an accommodating at, uh, position. You know, where you accommodate your surroundings, you accommodate your atmosphere. You can't have anything out of place. Think how upsetting it is for a blind person now to be following somebody and groping after them and not knowing exactly when they're going to get called. But faith will make you do it. See, real Bible faith will make you grope and grope and grope after something you don't even know if it's there, but you know your faith is telling you keep groping. Is there somewhere? God wouldn't have told me about it if he, he wasn't going to give it to me. 
So that it's there. But you gotta risk everything to get it. You gotta come out of the familiar. You gotta come out of the safe. You gotta come out of the what everybody else is doing. Our year, our word for 2020 was double testing. Everybody else was expecting, yeah, vision, something, something good. When you say vision, ooh, it's your vision, baby. Then they look up their vision scriptures. Huh? <laughs> Nobody even told them what the vision was, but they believed it. Pastor Barb, don't do that. That hurts. Yeah, it's supposed to hurt. It hurts me too, but you know what I'm saying. Huh? And they're still looking for something else. They never embraced that the test was going to come, but that they would pass it. That's the good news. Amen. Hello. Never embraced any of that. Then last year it was total surrender. And most people are looking for something else instead of surrender. Well, if Bartimaeus hadn't surrendered to the faith that was in him, he never would have got it his sight. You're surrendering to something more powerful than what you think you're after. When you surrender to the faith of the Son of God, that's the most powerful thing that you could surrender to. Because it's going to take you where you need to go. And it may not be the same place everybody else is going. But it'll take you where God wants to get you. And part of the test is, are you going to listen to God? Or are you going to listen to other voices? We're going to listen to a little bit of this, some of that, some of that, some of that, some of that. Huh? You know, some of these prophecies, people, some of, every day they got a different word for you, but it's the same word. They keep talking about your struggles. Well, I ain't struggling every day. Now, come on now. I'm not not getting up looking for that, and I'm not looking for nobody to encourage me to think that way. I'm trying to get out of that, get over to where God is. I mean, if there's a struggle, I'm not aware of it. I hope not to be. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not focusing on the struggle. They want to keep you over in the realm of your soul. So you can just keep massaging your soul and your spirit don't get free to overcome it. Why would I struggle when Jesus has already overcome everything? You understand what I'm saying? Now you may not have what you want, hot and cold running everything. But that's what faith is for. To sustain you when it's not there in the natural. We rely on our faith. God designed it that way. So that we live by faith. And not by the natural. The natural will get to be a distraction after a while. If you keep messing around like that. See. So we're not looking necessarily for the natural immediately all the time. It's nice when you get an immediate miracle. Don't get me wrong. And I believe for them. 
But I know also, too, that I have to be sustained by his faith. Jesus walked by faith all the time. Amen. And so so we we want to be that people who live by faith. So attend to my words. Proverbs 420 to 22 says he says, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart because they're life to those that find them the words not the things you don't have to live uh, deprived until you have something once you find his words you found life amen you perk up real quick when you get God's word in your heart and health to all their flesh keep your heart with all diligence in other words don't let other stuff get in there don't let the worldly the carnal all of that get in your heart Just fight it off, bat it back, push it out, cast it down, step on it, curse it. Don't let it grow. Amen. Because out of your heart are the issues of life, not out of your mind, but out of your heart are the issues of life. What do you hold on to and and show affection toward is what's in your heart. And, And life issues forth out of there. Amen. So... We know that there are many words that will come to our ears, but God says we should listen only to him, not to the the gurus, the scientists, the doctors. I mean, all that stuff has failed us, folks. If nothing else, we should be aware of how much mixture there is and what the world gives their faithful people. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, every week is something different about this same virus that's been going around for two years. Amen. Uh, you know, it's going to be going quickly. No, it's not going anywhere. Well, you, you got to have your, you, you, you know, if you don't get a vaccine, you don't care about people. Well, really, it's going into your body. So you ought to be the first one you care about. I mean, what's wrong with caring about yourself when there's a threat to your health? You know, talk about absurdity. If you sit up and watch news and all this stuff, you'd be running around like a cockroach on the floor, just in circles the minute the light comes on. Huh? You really will. One day is one thing, one day is something else. They still don't explain why they don't let people who have early COVID get those drugs, that the oral drugs that they've been withholding. You realize that, don't you? See, that's the fine print they don't tell you about. Uh, I, If I'm not mistaken, I think when they first came out with the push for the vaccine this is when trump was in office there were three prongs to their approach one was vaccines one was um what was the other one was one but the other one was therapeutics and they never got around to doing anything with the therapeutics that means research find out then there's a um a uh, a law that's been passed that gives us right to try 
So even if it's experimental, we have the right to try those. Amen. That's what, that's the strength of what they've been given the vaccine on. And we ain't asked for it. See what I'm saying? You've been mandated that. So what happened to the early therapeutics? Just a question. I don't have an answer for you. I'm just asking. So all I'm saying, I say all that to say this. Be careful how you hear. Let God help you. Because it's getting more confusing every day. And it's not going to get any easier to discern. You've got to have the word of God hidden in your heart. So that you have something to fight with. When the enemy starts bombarding your ears. With things that are putting pressure on you. Amen. There are people who have lost jobs because they feel in their hearts they should not take that vaccine. And if you feel in your heart, you know, what happened to your conscience, the conscientious objectors that, that they've always honored? You know, they, this is, this is God given that you can say yes to things and no to things. Amen. So they've said no to that and they've lost their jobs. Amen. So we have to understand that there is pressure here for us to do certain things against our will. That's a power God does not assert over us. You got me? God is able to influence us with truth for the right thing to do. He doesn't have to pressure anybody. Amen. So God says, listen to my word, not the word of people around you. Amen. Not the word of governments that would try and tell you something contrary to God's word. Just be attentive to the word of God. Amen. God promises that if we love him, we obey his commandments. Obedience begins with listening. You can't believe. I mean, you can't obey what you don't believe. And you can't believe what you don't hear. Amen. So that's why he says, incline your words to my sayings. Amen. Listening requires paying attention. Paying attention to the whole word, not to just the part that sounds familiar to you. Amen. Now, this is something that's real common with people. This is why people miss instructions many times. There's something about Listening with familiarity that causes you to lose interest in listening. It's, there's something about, we say like you heard, hear scripture and you hear, for God so loved the world and everybody says, oh, for God so loved the world. And then it kind of trails off. Huh? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for what? Believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But that the world through him might be saved. You see what I'm saying? We get the first part. We get the end of the scripture. But we don't get the whole passage. Amen. And the whole thought. And so what really happens sometimes is we walk around believing fragments of God's word. And because the first part sounds so familiar to us, we never pick the rest of it up. Ah. 
So that's why God tells you to incline. You know what incline means? It means lean into it. When you lean into something, you get close to it so you don't hear anything else. It's like sometimes I'll, I'll be speaking to somebody and I'll say something like, um, what I want you to do is so-and-so and such. They say, oh, yeah, because I did. I said, no, listen, don't start talking. Please listen to me so I can finish my thought. You see how common it is? We think we know what that person's going to say because it sounds familiar to us. And then we go and miss it again. Huh? And then we're having that conversation with them. Well, you know, you forgot to do so and so and such and such. And then you're all embarrassed. And You understand what I'm saying? Because we don't incline our ear and hear the whole thing. Now, if I told you, I'm going to give you $500 if you can tell me what I just said. <laughs> huh? You sit up waiting on the cookie just like Coco. Huh? True that. And dogs are smarter than us. They're paying attention the whole time, but they're not letting you know they are. Come on now. Whoever had a pet, and you say, come here, come here, I'm a geese so-and-so, and they like. Then what do you do? You say it again and you try harder. Come on now. Y'all, everybody been manipulated by something. Huh? A dog saying, maybe if I keep this up, I might get two instead of one. And they usually do. Huh? Come on now. They read you better than you know yourself. They know exactly what you're going to do if they do so-and-so. So if they they feel like it's a two-treat day, they're going to work you for them two treats. They're going to get them too. Huh? By looking like they're paying attention to something else. I'm going to move on. So anyway. So this ain't hard to work into your... You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So listening requires paying attention. Obedience begins with listening. Listening requires paying attention. Just like every parent loves obedient children, God loves obedient children too. And he rewards us for obedience. Attending means pay attention to, hearken, incline, It means to mark well, to regard and stretch forward. So when you pay attention, you will begin to rehearse it in your thinking. It begins to work, move over and over and over again in your mind. When you rehearse God's word, many times you will mutter it to yourself. You will think of it over and over and over again. I've got to remember this. I've got to understand this. And and contrary to words that you just hear in the natural, the word of God, once it's meditated on, 
begins to expand and grow and bear fruit in the heart of the hearer. So that word being alive will do what living word is supposed to do. It's not dead word. Once you start meditating on it, it's living word. And that's why oftentimes the first time you lay hands on a sick person and they recover, you're shocked. Because that word, because you meditate, and sometimes you meditate on stuff because you like it. You like the sound of it. You want to see it come to pass. But then your your shameful carnal frame will tell, oh, no, God won't use you, don't, yeah. But see, it's in there already. See, while your head may be telling you it won't happen because who are you for God to use, your heart's already received it. It's bearing fruit in your heart already. See, that's the beauty of the power of living word. Because it's alive, it will find a life source or a blood source to grow in, and that's your heart. Your heart's full of blood. Ask any doctor. Ask any nurse. Ask any scientist. Once the word gets in your heart, it finds nourishment for it to grow. So that's why the Bible says hide it in your heart. Huh? You get it in your heart, it's hidden from the enemy to be able to steal it out. And once you begin to act on it, sometimes almost accidentally, amen? Yeah, people say asking faith, receiving shock. It's a faith accident. You had no idea it was coming, but it came. Or that word slipped out of your mouth, amen, because your heart was pricked to, to say it. It bypassed your mind that was going crazy. Amen. We've all been there. That's where we have to live sometimes. But once it's hidden in your heart, it then begins to grow and begins to prosper and begins to flourish. If God can get you out of your head long enough to appreciate what he's doing, then you can cooperate with it more. So be thankful of the day you began to realize, hey, whatever. God, at the end of the day, I'm still believing you. I don't care what I thought about all day long and how the devil bombarded my head and how I just gave in to it and acted stupid and all this kind of stuff. I still believe you're going to do what you say you're going to do. I still believe what that little bit that's hidden in my heart. Amen. We go work on that little bit. Amen. And expect God to give us more. So when we pay attention, that's when God starts to work. Bartimaeus paid attention to the fact that he was getting closer to his miracle. He said, "Uh -uh, I'm going to keep following Jesus. Maybe he had that opportunity before and got discouraged. Let them push him back and tell him to shut up. Don't trouble the master. He said, no, I'm going for it this time. I'm going for broke. I either can see or I'm going to get trampled or they're going to have to tie me up, beat me up, whatever the consequences are. Amen. Now, whenever the devil threatens you with some grave consequences, if you do it again, you better do it again. Amen. Because he's been keeping us bound for too long. Stepping out and doing things. Amen. You know, the, he's threatening people now. You lose your job if you if you say no to certain things. The people that say no, 
find a great deal of freedom after they say no. Before they say no, they're all nervous and scared. After you, they, why? Because you you're in faith now. You've reached a clearing. You got now. You you got to fight for the fact that God will will give you a job. I mean, He's going to take care of you. Oh, no matter how it happens. So you're in a realm. You've reached a realm you couldn't get to otherwise. Without the devil snatching the rug out from under you, you'd never know faith, some of us. Huh? Think about it. It's that place we hate. We don't want to get there. I don't want to go on the ledge. You know, it's like (laughs) that deep you got to jump. I don't want to jump on this, jump off this inch deep limb. On to the next limb. Huh? The Bible says if a man, a righteous man can fall how many times? But he's not utterly cast down. You're not cast down forever. God didn't throw you down. You just fell. Get up. Amen? So in Mark chapter 5, we see a woman with the issue of blood. Amen. (laughs) Mark 5 and I guess around. We'll start with 25. It says a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. So her life had been. She'd been losing life for 12 years. When do you call it quits on losing life? Uh, it's just a thought. See, we don't have to put up with it for one minute. Amen? Because of Calvary. He's already bore our, our pains, carried our sorrows. He's redeemed us. He's healed us. Done everything. So we don't have to lose life for 12 years. Just a thought. But it'll happen if you haven't heard. If you haven't inclined your ears. Amen. Just like she had a change of mind, we can have the same thing at any time. You be healed at any time. Amen. You have a covenant with God. So it says she, she was listening to doctors. That was her source for help. That's where her hope was. And she had an issue of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians. So that's where her hope and her confidence were, were in the doctors. And she spent all that she had and was nothing better, but really she had gotten worse over the years. Now, the fact that people get worse doesn't mean that they'll start trying to find something different. Huh? It just means they haven't heard. See, what you hear makes all the difference in the world. It, 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 it will turn you around from somebody who has been helpless to somebody who has new hope, new confidence, new faith. It'll give you a new lease on life. So when you hear the word of God, that will put a different life force in you 
than if you hear of something in the natural. And she's an example. Okay. So 12 years. Doctor number one. She goes to him for, say, three years. He doesn't cure the problem. But then she hears in the same realm of doctor number two. The realm of the natural. See, until you change your realm, you won't get any better. Because if there was help from her for from a doctor, she probably would have got it doctor number one. Because when they have things that help people, they that spreads like wildfire. You got me? Seldom can you stay in that same flow and stay in the same vein. Sometimes what you see happening with people where they've been sick for a long time and all of a sudden they find this rare doctor that has a cure for them, something's happened in the realm of the spirit that's different. for them. They're not in the natural realm anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? They'll say, well, I finally went to this doctor and he told me about such and such and such and such. There's new hope that came into that heart. To make it work. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe where maybe God has said try one more time in that natural, in that natural realm and you can get help. There are a lot of people who have done interesting, interesting how some of this stuff works. Um, Dick Cheney, remember him? He was the vice president under Bush number two. They, People would tell him, doctor, he would go to doctors and said, boy, Dick, you're, you're, you're the most fortunate, somebody up there must like you, the most, most fortunate man we've ever run into. In his thirties, he had heart disease. In his thirties, he started having, uh, these different heart, and, and he would go to doctors and they said, well, somebody just innovated something, we want to try it on you and see if it works. That happened to him about three or four times with his heart condition. He would get help in the natural and go to the next, go, it, it would extend his life as much as it could. And then on the horizon was the next thing that, that man's like, what is he in his eighties now or close to 80, something like that. And he has lived like that over. Now there's got to be something divine when the doctors say somebody up there is looking out for you. They definitely meant that. You understand what I'm saying? But he doesn't have supernatural faith for just the word. He's probably saying, God, please help me if he's praying at all. You understand what I'm saying? But somehow the hand of God is moving to help him go from one natural remedy to another that tends to work to extend his life. That doesn't happen too often. A lot of people met an early grave waiting for the next cure for this cancer or that that they have or something that they have, that is very rare. So you can't tell me the hand of God isn't operating in that, even though it's a natural remedy and a natural cure. But this woman has a different thing that, that happens to her. She's going from doctor to doctor and doesn't get better, but rather gets worse. What do you think might be an explanation for that? Try verse 34. 
Huh? What does he call her? Hello? Hello? Her help was never in the world. She has a covenant with God for supernatural healing from his word. Oh, no, Pastor Barb, you mean the doctors can't help me? They may not be after a while. I hate to break it to you, but this is Bible I'm giving you right here. This ain't my opinion. See, Jesus went to his own first for a reason. Because the religious system was failing them. Ought not this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from her infirmity on the Sabbath day? They weren't loosing nobody from nothing. So he came to his own to make the covenant come alive for them. To make everything that they were believing God or should be able to go to God for happen for them. So she's a daughter of Abraham. She ought to be healed. She shouldn't be sick. But she had to hear of Jesus who was there with the answer for everybody. Amen. And so he says to her, daughter, in other words, we owe you this healing. I'm so glad you heard about me and used your faith to get here. Amen. So so here she's been dealing with doctors all these years. Why? Because the religious system failed her. Think about it. All the Christians that go to doctors, good church people, love the church. Love everything about the church, but there's no healing there. Got me? So we're in the same situation many times here. Making sure they hear about Jesus. Make sure you teach the word on healing and everything else that the word has to offer. So she didn't just hear, but she heard enough to respond to him. Amen. In the quality of faith that would make her whole. When she heard about Jesus, transferred her hope from the natural realm over into the realm of the spirit or the invisible supernatural realm. She knew within herself. Amen. She told herself, if I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. So she had her answer hidden in her heart. Amen. It doesn't say she told anybody else. You don't have to tell anybody. As long as that word is hidden in your heart, it'll bear fruit. You meditate on it enough, it'll grow. It'll gain strength. It'll it'll put legs to itself. It'll move you into the place of manifestation. Just because you haven't let go of that word and you inclined your ear. So this was something new. Amen. It wasn't the ordinary thing. She knew that she was at the end of her rope with the doctors. Why? Huh? She'd been getting worse for a long time, but she had what? Hello? 
Money's gone. Hmm? If she had gotten more money, I wonder what she might have done with it. <laughs> Kept going to the doctors. Huh? See, broke ain't as bad as it's cracked up to be sometimes. <laughs> broke will cause you to pray a lot harder and get in that word a lot stronger and do a lot of things. Huh? <laughs> so we have to be careful how we hear. She heard about Jesus. Not only did she hear, she held on to what she heard. See, that makes all the difference in the world. Are you inclining your ear just to hear the superficial? And, and when it gets familiar, you say, oh, I heard that before, and you turn your ears off. Are you listening over and over and over again for that new thing, for that something you might have missed for that? See, it's always hearing, I believe, that is going to turn the tide for us. Are you listening so that you can get everything that's in that? Amen. Or are you, you leaving something, you know, you know, the, there's a saying, you're never too rich or too thin. Anybody ever heard that? And the two of them go hand to hand. Wealthy people are trained to leave something on their plate. Did you know that? They always leave leftovers. They never, quote unquote, clean their plate. That's, but that's common in cultures that are poor. They don't leave food on their plate. You understand what I'm saying? And they're thankful for the last little morsel. Amen. Because wealthy people know if they leave something on their plate, they won't get fat. y'all just 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 work with me a little bit i don't care if you don't believe what i'm saying just work with me a little walk a little bit with me huh wealthy people are the thinnest people you ever find huh because that's what that's their philosophy that's their mantra that's what they believe in because these are two things that are very good to be very thin and very rich amen you ever seen some of these people if you if you what if you did if they didn't have designer clothes on them if they had something else on you think they escaped from a concentration camp it is cuz their physical appearance is not very appealing except in their own imagination you understand me and so i mean but you know you be right for you don't let anybody dictate what you're supposed to look like you you between you and god you decide what's right for you You understand what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, that's their, that's what they live by. You know, they, they just go for that kind of stuff. Cause it's something for them to work on, you know. You got enough money to buy anything you want, you're bored, it gives you something to, you know, gives you a project. Make yourself a project. Amen? But, but see, where was I going with this? (laughs) What you hear. Amen? Oh yeah, all right, clean everything off the plate. Amen. <laughs> so but but see, faith is for them people. Blessed are the poor for they shall Amen. Theirs is the kingdom. You know, if you're poor in spirit, you know you need God. 
there's a blessing in that because you clean the plate. When God starts showing you something, you're going to lap it up for everything that's in it. You find something that works to get you what you need from God, you're going to lap it up. You're not going to leave anything behind. So let the rich people leave the goodies behind. Amen. Jesus said those there are those who think they're rich and yet they're poor. Amen. Luke 8.18, 8, if you'll turn there, Mark, Luke. He says, take heed, it says, <clears throat> 16, no man when he lights a candle covers it with a vessel. It's just stupid is what he's saying. But he puts it on, or put it under a bed. But he sets it on a candlestick. If you've got light, let it shine. And they which enter in may see and have light. So light is something that's not for the benefit of just one, but benefit of all. So the light in you is not just for you, but if you let it shine, it's for the benefit of all. He says, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. So God has secrets, but he'll reveal them to us. You know, as long as they're not withheld from us by him, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whosoever has, this the greedy person, this is the plate cleaner. This is the person that leaves nothing uneaten. This is the one who grabs everything. Uh, You know, if you have your kids sitting at the dinner table, they look over in each other's plate and it's, you know, little picky eater. He don't want, man, you don't want that get at to me. Uh See, that one will never go hungry. Little picky eater, he going to be waiting for something else and probably starve to death. Amen. And he says, whosoever has to him, more shall be given. Why? Because he's a devourer. He's a consumer. He's interested. He's an eater. So if you have, see, that's what makes people mad at faith people. Because they got all, looks like they got all the money you could ever have for a preacher and then they get more. Hello? Instead of being angry, take notes. Whosoever has to him shall be given, and whosoever does not have, from him shall be taken either that what he seemed to have. Why? Because he doesn't know what the value. He doesn't have because he doesn't know the value of things. The person who has knows the value. What you value, you cherish, you honor, you use it appropriately, and God gives you more. The people with the talents. One guy only had one. That's all he was supposed to have. God's waiting to see what he's going to do with that one. But then the socialists come by and say, it's not right you only get one. This guy has ten. Well, he worked for his ten. But they want to take nine of your ten away and give it to the one that don't work. That never works. Pretty soon you run out of people willing to work and just give their money away. 
So you'll never see God operating like that. He says, whatever who, who, he who has more shall be given. Why? You have because you use it appropriately. That's the only reason you could have it in God's kingdom. But if you, he said, take heed therefore how you hear. Listen intently. Grab on to the word. Look for more to go with it. Look to mix faith with the word that you hear so that it increases. Always be looking for increase. Be looking for more. Amen. That doesn't make you greedy. It makes you wise. Amen. Look at the ten foolish and the ten, you know, the ten uh, wise virgins had bought oil already. Amen. They bought stock in oil when it was cheap, <laughs> so to speak. And they held on to it. That's why they got oil to sell. Amen. They could have sold them chicks oil, but they said, no, nah, you put in the labor. You go do what I did to get your own oil. I'm not giving you anything. And it, not, it wasn't that they might run out because they were connected to the source. The source told them not to sell. Let them go out and pay the price for their own. Amen. But what you value, you'll hold on to. You'll put it to operation and God will give you more. What you have a little bit of, you'll sow part of it into God's kingdom so he can increase. That's the only place you will increase is obedience to the laws of his kingdom. But how you hear is very important. Hear with the ear of holding on to what God gives you. Hear with the purpose of putting it into operation. I'm going to work this word. I'm going to start confessing it. I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start doing what God tells me to do with this word. So it can bring more back to me. Amen. And that's how you increase. Amen. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your word so that it can prosper us. We all want to prosper, Lord. And we repent if we have, if we have turned away from your prosperity, not trusting your word. We want to trust your word. We want the more. We want all. We want all that heaven has for us. So we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to grow in your knowledge and in your word. In Jesus name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Amen. Amen again. Praise the Lord.